When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Patriot Speed is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. All right, everybody. Welcome in to another live edition of the Patriot Speed podcast here on the CLNS Media Network. I am Mike Cadlick. I am joined by 98.5 The Sports Hub's Alex Barth. There's plenty to explain and to get to right now. Um, the fact that my computer screen is a little bit grainy. The fact that uh, I couldn't log on because I had to turn in my work laptop and I'm working with an old MacBook Air. So our softwares aren't working great. Um, but if you don't follow me on Twitter and if you are confused about the title of the show, uh, this will be my final episode hosting the Patriots Beat podcast here with CLNS. Um I will still be covering the Patriots in some capacity. I'll still be podcasting, but unfortunately, uh, it is it is uh, the last one here with CLNS. Today is my last day. Uh, so I do want to say a quick thank you to everybody who has followed along, uh, who has you know built this thing up, and who has dealt with uh, Alex Barth having his fourth Patriots beat co-host in a matter of a, one year. Um, we are, uh, yeah, I'm... I'm going to announce uh, what my next venture is uh, early next week. That's when I'll be starting. I'm saving it for now because I wanted to truly thank CLNS and give them a day and, uh, you know, just thank everybody who has followed along because uh, it's been really cool. Uh, Covering the Patriots has been a dream. It is my dream. Luckily, I'll be able to continue to do it in a full-time capacity. Again, I'll get into more of that next week. But uh, so, yeah, that is is why this is my final show. Um, So, Alex, I know you had some things you wanted to get to as far as the future of the show, um, but that is sort of that is sort of my spiel on on what's happening. Yeah, so congratulations to you. I'll obviously, you know, uh, let you make your announcement when you make it. Um, uh, but but I'm definitely happy for you, and and you've definitely deserved this. You came in, busted your ass, um, and definitely night and day from from the start of the show to now. You've gotten a lot better. Appreciate so proud that. of you for that. Uh, yeah, this is now we're going to be on our fourth co-host in <laughs> 10 months since Evan left we yep. had Ryan for a little bit there. Um, I can relate now to how Mac Jones kind of feels with his <laughs> offensive coordinators. Yeah, I know it's me. What is it? But um, no, the show will continue. The show will go yes. on um, for people who are maybe curious about that, what that's going to look like. We actually don't know entirely. I don't know entirely long term. The thing about this show that makes it so great but makes it so hard to staff is we try to be an insider show, right? We try to be kind of a boots-on-the-ground show for people. So that really limits who we can bring in because it's got to be somebody who's credentialed, right? So right. the the beauty of this timing is 
well, there's no access between, you know, two weeks when mini camp ends and then training camp. So we have two months where that's kind of not a factor. So we're going to have some people come through. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of a rotation. Some names you guys probably know, some names you guys probably recognize. Maybe yep. some you don't, but people that I think you guys will enjoy hearing from, getting a different perspective. And the idea is that that will turn into a full-time host by training camp. That will be the plan. So shows will still be twice a week. We're going to keep doing them. It's The, the format's not going to change anything like that. It's just going to kind of be a little bit of a rotation there in the one chair with me until we get it going. But um yeah, no, I, you know, CLNS kind of gave me the option and said, you know, we want to keep doing it. If you want to keep doing it, but where are you at? Obviously, it's it's not easy to keep building chemistry with I know. every couple of months, <laughs> but I enjoy doing the show. I know you guys enjoy watching it, listening to it. So the show is going to continue, but there'll be more time for that uh, further down the road. We'll have our first new co-host next week. But yep. in the meantime, I just, you know, let's, let's give Mike his due because he's done a great job here, you know, getting in, getting out. Hell, it took Evan what like four years. Mike did it in ten months. So, we talked about that this morning. Me and Evan, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. So, uh, no, it's it's again. You'll it, it'll make more sense that the reason I you know can't continue on and all all that good stuff. But uh, still covering the Patriots, obviously, the way you just explained that whole uh, the transition to the new host, Alex. So I went back um, and I was looking sort of for. Uh, some guidance, exactly how to, you know, do this whole thing, do this final episode. So I went back and watched you and Evan's last show. And the way you explained it was like the exact same thing just a year ago today, as far as the rotation of hosts. Um, yeah. And the other thing that I, I, I thought of was, you know, you guys obviously ha had had a, a great rapport. You still do host catch 22, all that stuff. Um, and I, I noticed that you guys did some reminiscing on the show and, uh, Obviously, we haven't had as much, uh, you know, funny or, you know, good moments like as many as you two did. But the one thing that I had to bring up again, and we saw it this morning, someone tweeted it yeah. at us, is just that that one episode, it was the, it was the funniest thing, the funniest podcast episode I have ever done in my life was we were it was uh, it was NFL Combine Week. We talked about this just our last show, but I had to bring it up again. In the last one It was NFL Combine Week and me and Alex had worked like. 72 straight hours for our respective sites and doing our show too so many times that we barely slept and for some reason we hosted a Q&A of some sort at the end of the show and people just were bringing up like food items in their comments yeah and for whatever I, I forget exactly it was basically we were starving and people wanted to get our to get our attention we had them bring up food items and if you can find the episode me and Alex were like red face sweating crying laughing for a good like 15 minutes straight so uh if there's anything that i'll take from this show it's probably that episode because oh god i'm uh, glad you again, learned a lot yeah <laughs> no of course like you said too as far as you know growth and all that good stuff it the first time i was gonna host this show i was in like full-on panic attack panic mode like i'd never been on air before never you know was like oh there's this big audit whatever and the the fact that you know you've you've been able to help me through that but also just you know our fans and the people that watch all the time are, is what helped me through it as well so um again thank you all i appreciate it we're still going to get to the rest of our show but uh I, I had to bring that up because that was again that was the funniest the funniest podcast episode i mean i thought you know somebody brought this one up and i kind of forgotten about this you remember you wore a browns hat during browns week 
I did. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. I almost wore it. I went. I went to my hat collection to see what I was going to go with today. I went with the Ducks instead. But yeah, wore a Browns hat. Browns week. That was silly. That was a. Uh, yeah, that was another one. But uh, no, that 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 one was hysterical. Um, so anyway, yeah. So we're gonna do um, a little bit uh, here. I do want to say actually too that this show is sponsored by Fanduel. Um, so you can head to Fanduel.com/slash/Boston. You get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets. When you go to FanDuel.com slash Boston, Celtics are still alive, still rolling, um, and you can bet on them at FanDuel. And if you sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston, you get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. So um, that's FanDuel. That's my spiel. Um, I'll end it off with a send-off later, too. But uh, let's talk about the Patriots, Alex, and what the heck happened with this OTA situation. Because um, at the end of our show on Wednesday, we – we debriefed and talked for a good three minutes, just, you know, talking about, you know, our next show and the fact that I was leaving or whatever. And basically the second we signed off, it came out from Mike Reese that yeah. uh, the reasoning of the Patriots OTAs and, you know, what had happened. And I think they were waiting for us to get off Patriots. That That's my, my big new time podcast here. jinx. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't want us to, to cover it live on, on Patriots beat. So, uh, but yeah, it comes out that, uh, the Patriots broke some rules. They were uh, violating OTA rules. Um, Bill Belichick ends up getting fined $50,000. They get two practices stripped from them. Um, they'll be back Wednesday, but uh, it also comes out that Joe Judge was heavily involved, and it was a special teams meeting that was the reason that uh, that they were docked. So uh, 20, minutes, 20 minutes over schedule, and the fact that uh, the schedule did basically did not uh, clarify that it wasn't a mandatory need or wasn't. They didn't clarify was that it, it was optional. Was basically right. The, right. the gist of what the what the violation is. So, in my opinion, it feels kind of really steep for um, what it actually entails. But uh, I guess wanted to get your thoughts overall on what exactly happened and you know the big deal. Uh, and again, it's just it, it. The thing that irks me is that it's Joe Judge that's at the center of it because last year was such a, a disaster with what happened on offense, and it felt like they turned a new leaf with Matt Patricia, Joe Judge. Fine, they give him the option to stay, and he does. And now he's already ruining this season again, and we're still not even in June yet. But let's hear from you. Yeah, it, exactly. And just to touch on something you said, and I think this is just first, because I think this has kind of gone under uh, the radar. The reason I think the punishment is as harsh as it is, is they did this three days in a row, or three scheduled days in a row. It was February 1st, 2nd, and 4th. So right. he didn't learn his lesson after the first time. And I know I had that whole spiel on whatever it was, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, like Wednesday, we yeah. signed off at how, like, are they doing this? Are they, you know, trying to tinker with it for the media or whatever? Cause I didn't think they were dumb enough to get practices taken away. I really didn't. The thought considered to me very briefly, but my God, like the whole thing with this year is supposed to be, yes, last year was a disaster. It was an unorganized mess. And they've, in so many words, admitted that. Maybe not as strongly as that, but from the statement at the beginning of the offseason to all this talk about turning a new page, yada, yada, yada. They're supposed to be beyond that. And now here we are. We haven't even seen them take the field as a team yet. And they can't even put out a schedule correctly. And I thought it was right. interesting in, in Greg Bedard's report, and I'm sure he had more over on, on the Greg Bedard podcast if people want to check that out. Yep. Bill Belichick sent an email to the coaches, including Joe Judge, 
saying to not do exactly what Joe Judge did. Yep. And this is a guy in Judge that has a history of being a hardo, that has a history of overstepping, that has a history of kind of ignoring these practice rules. And I go back to when they brought him back, when we found out back in late January that he was going to be back. And my take was, I guess if he's going to be here, him being in a special teams role is the best spot, but why does he have to be here? I didn't think that take would get validated this quickly. Yeah, right. <laughs> before we saw practice. Like, how many how many chances are you going to give this guy, Bill? He's now cost you four hours of practice time. He personally has now cost Bill $50,000. Right. Which yeah. I would imagine <laughs> Joe Judge is going to end up paying. But yeah. it, this isn't even like, oh, he's costing the team money and the team doesn't like paying coaches. No. Bill Belichick had to write a check to the NFL for yeah. his personal bank account for 50 grand because of Joe Judge. So where is the line? And I'll tell you this, if this isn't the line, Joe Judge is a guy who always preaches accountability. And I, I think accountability is incredibly important in whatever industry you're in, not just football. Yep. But the guy's costing that coach 50 grand. He single-handedly cost the team four hours of practice. How are yep. you then going to go in the room and preach accountability? And now Belichick's going to have to answer questions about this. Players are going to have to answer questions about this. I still go by my, even though the circumstances have changed, I still go by my take from Wednesday that this kind of puts a little more pressure on the players Yeah, for Wednesday's practice. They have to look organized. And the players and the coaches, really, they have to look organized. They have to look like they have it together. Because otherwise, there's going to be questions. Do you feel like you missed the practice time? Right. That you will lost be a out question. on that. Yeah. And then it becomes, do you feel like Joe, the narrative becomes, and I know they say they block out the noise, but they have to hear these questions. It gets in there. Do you feel like Joe Judge costs you an opportunity to get where you need to be? Right. I, this is why again, when people were like, oh, they're moving him back to special teams, like whatever. No, he needed to leave. Joe Judge needed to be removed from the building. You go back to that Herald report, the things yep. we saw in that, that he was given a second chance, and now it's bit them this quickly, is astonishing. That's the part that's so unfathomable about it, is like you said, that it's, they literally didn't even get, they hit the practice field for like two days, and it's already bit them in the ass. And uh, we haven't even gotten to see them yet. And it's just, again, it's crazy. It's like, he had to go. He had to go, and they gave him the chance. And I heard it from—I uh, forget who said it—but it was something along the lines of like, "If what does Robert Kraft even say to Bill Belichick at this point when he has cost them this many chances for this long? It's like, what does he actually bring to the table? That's the part that I don't fully understand. Why are you giving him another chance? Why are you giving your friend another opportunity when last year again was such a disaster? And you mentioned the Herald report." The Herald, report, the Herald report was not just a vendetta against Matt Patricia. It was against the entire operation that very much included Joe Judge. So if these guys come back to the facility after last year, they see Patricia's gone, and then they come back and it's like, man, this guy's still here? Like, I just, again, I don't understand at all why he's still here, why they gave him the chance. And it's cra it's crazy, and it's it's too bad that it's already affecting them and we haven't even hit June yet. It, it makes no sense. This is the goofy stuff that was supposed to get left in 2022. 
Yeah, exactly. It's that simple. And they have right away proven that that's at least initially not going to be the case. Now, look, maybe they end up being fine. And, and this is something we all look back and laugh on. Obviously, that's a possibility. Right. But and you know what? If they were like fine last year, I even think then it's like ah, Joe Judge scheduled a meeting wrong. That's kind of funny. But yeah, right. It's it's the context of the story of the 2022 Patriots was coaching dysfunction. And now what is the first headline of the 2023 Patriots coaching dysfunction? There's a famous Belichickism. And honestly, I think it's one of his best. Um, And I I don't remember exactly how it's worded, but to paraphrase, basically there's nothing wrong with the player making a mistake because that's how players learn. It's don't make the same mistake twice. Yeah, Make a mistake, learn from it. Don't make it again. I think that's a great approach, but isn't that kind of what just happened? They made yeah. a mistake with the coaching staff in 2022. I'm not, I, I don't want to go as far as saying it happens. Cause I think it was a pretty egregious mistake, but like, all right, you, you tried to see if these two guys could handle these bigger roles. They couldn't yet here. Joe judge is in a big role again. Right. Didn't learn from the mistake. He got promoted. He got promoted. I'll say Joe Judge got promoted from quarterbacks coach to whatever his role is now as the assistant. So I thought it was interesting. According to Greg, the league report had Joe Judge's special teams coach. Yeah. I don't know what that is. That head of special teams coordinator is that behind special teams coordinator. Like it's, it'll be interesting to find out how that's structured, but when do they normally um, do that? When do they normally send out the coaching? I I, I think it's usually like right before training camp leading up to training camp. Yeah. Okay. I, you know, I always forget if it's one of the days leading up to training camp or one of the days leading up to spring practices, but here we are leading up to spring practice. Yeah. We don't have it. So I'm going to assume training camp. Yeah. Um, maybe we get it before Wednesday, but, uh, so yeah, that's sort of where, where things are at as far as OTAs go. Um, um, so we can continue on talking OTAs, Alex, but I do also, I know we're, it's a it's a quick hitter here on Friday, um, but we'll also get into a quick Boston Sports Minute. Yeah, we're into Boston. My last Boston Sports Minute to end this thing on uh, what's going on with the Celtics. But uh, so I will, again, as far as this being my last show, I will still be covering the Patriots. So continue to follow along and I will be there as will Alex next Wednesday for the start of uh, the start of media OTAs. So uh, look forward to that. And despite us not being able to come on here and debrief it like we wanted to on Friday. Um, again, I'll still be there covering the whole thing. So um, what are you thinking now? Uh, has anything changed, I guess, compared to uh, how we ended Wednesday's show about what to look, what, what to look for to OTAs again, compared to what transpired over the last couple of days with, with the suspension and everything else, not the um, suspension, the, the, the cancellation. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't think of the word for it. I was, I was struggling with that earlier. The lost practice. Yeah. Um, I guess I mean is Punishment, Joe Judge out there? Is Joe Judge on the field? No, yeah. it's it's still pretty much the same. You know, how are they splitting up the quarterback reps between the first and second team? Is it really a quarterback competition? Uh who's playing where at tackle? Who's playing where at safety? I would love to be able to get an idea of what Marte Mapu's role is gonna be, but after that offseason shoulder surgery, I that yeah. one's probably gonna have to wait till training camp. So more more or less the same. You know, I, yeah. I just think, again, it's it's now just heightened to that element of how organized do they look on the field? Right. Because off the field, the early indication is they're not organized enough. Right. So is that impacting the on-field product? The other thing I'll say as far as, you know, 
um, that and moving this or getting this episode along too. If we want to do some Q and A, you guys can throw some. Yeah, we can mix in some Q and A. Um, Alex, my chat is not working on Restream because I'm on my old MacBook Air, so I don't have any of the questions or the chat. So if if questions come in and Alex wants to pull them up, we can talk about it. Uh, Well, there I'll tell you, there were some awesome comments earlier when we were doing just kind of talking about the future of the show. This uh-huh. one came in before we even started. Uh, the show's bent out of shape, keeping a host long term. I, I wouldn't go that far, but uh, like the yeah. Colts when they lost luck, parentheses, Evan Lazar. <laughs> Need some consistency. Uh, congrats, Mike. I, I actually texted this to Evan and said, you're not even Peyton Manning. You're Andrew Luck. I got a mess. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, uh, for people no, joining... There were a bunch of questions about where you're going for people joining late. Mike's going to make his announcement next week. Yeah, next week. Um, I'll still be covering the Pats. Uh, yeah. I want to give CLNS the day uh, because, again, the, it's been awesome here. Um, but, yeah, uh, keep – keep. Uh, you can see on Twitter I'll be announcing it next week, uh, next Tuesday at Mike Cadlick, So, Yeah. Um, which, by the way, when That's Evan it. left, a bunch of people guessed. I don't think anybody guessed it right at the time. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if anybody can guess it. Uh, we're not. I'm not going to tell you, but feel free to guess. Uh, feel free to guess in the chat or on Twitter, I suppose. But yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I'm looking on YouTube now too. With everyone, some people came in late. Uh, yes, I am leaving. Uh, I am. I am leaving. I am. Uh, I will still be covering the Patriots, but I won't be doing sober CLNS media anymore. Uh, also, I'm not hosting the Patriots Speed podcast. I'll be writing and podcasting uh, separately, but it's full time role, not with CLNS. And this, I'll, I'll just say this, because um, when Evan left, we did this whole spiel about, you know, if we ever get a chance to do a show together again, we would, but we don't know. We knew the whole time that Catch-22 was going to happen. Um, <laughs> That's hilarious. This is, this, prob- this, this is it for this, so. Um, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe down the line. Uh, maybe way down the line, but this isn't. <laughs> the tongue-in-cheek that was. There, yeah, yeah, there is very much <laughs> tongue-in-cheek that, uh. That it won't happen uh, until uh, another time. Let's see. What else do we got here for Patriots questions? Yeah. Uh, everybody just wants to know where you're going. Uh, yeah, so this, this, this was some news. This was some news. Uh, Raekwon McMillan oh, yeah. rolls on IR. Yeah, we talked about McMillan and, and Ferkser, actually. Yeah, that's um, true. The Ferkser so, one's interesting because he's a guy who uh, – you can talk McMillan. I just was uh, – about Ferkser, like – I saw I saw a tweet that he has a he had a good PFF grade as far as a blocker, but he's not really a blocking tight end, and he's more of like an H back ish role. Um, but I don't think it helps their need for blocking tight end in the long run. Like he's better than Hunter Henry and Mike Kosicki, but it's not like a, it's not obviously Gronk is a is extreme an extreme example, but it doesn't fill their role the what they need for a blocking tight end in my opinion. So, yeah, on Ferkser, if they yeah. want that true move tight end, you know, hybrid tight end fullback, Ferkser's – we talked about this a couple of shows ago. Somebody asked they're going to bring back a fullback. I said if they're going to, it's going to yeah. be a Kyle Juszczyk type. They didn't have the guy on the roster. Now they do. But he's not – if they just want that, you know, road grading, run blocking tight end, I still think it's Johnny Lumpkin. On Raekwon yeah. McMillan, yeah, it's a bummer. I, I was super excited when they super excited when they signed him. I do think he is a good player, but he he can't stay healthy, and it's unfortunate for him. He's had two torn ACLs, now a torn Achilles. Um, I feel for the guy, I do. But when he's health, when he's healthy, I, I think he can contribute. But if you can't count on him to be healthy, you have to move on. The good news is their linebacker depth got like sneaky deep over the offseason. Yeah, I know. And 
you know, they brought back Mac Wilson. They still have Jelani Tavai. So those are come in, you know, penciled in as your two backups behind Juwan Bentley. Marte Mapu could very well figure in the middle linebacker rotation as well. I think Chris Board, although he's primarily a special teamer, will give you some snaps in middle linebacker. And I sell Therese Hall, who will probably right. hang around on the practice squad. So they're okay without Raekwon McMillan, but just as a fan of his game, I, it sucks to, to, to see him go. Yeah. Fan of his game. And then it's also, like you said, it's tough about, uh, you, you can pull that up too. The injury luck yeah. is just too bad. Like it's just too yeah. bad. A couple torn ACLs now in Achilles. It's like, just stay healthy and you're pretty good, but, uh, yeah, it's tough. So, uh, somebody year? asked if we can assume Gerard Mayo will be the next head coach. Who's the next GM. That's a really good question. Yeah, it is. I, I think it has to be Matt Grow. He's essentially doing the GM job right now. The only yep. thing would be, you know, how much longer is Belichick here? Does if he's here for a couple more years and Matt Grow gets a shot to go truly run his own show somewhere else, does he get a wink, wink, nod, nod kind of deal like we think maybe Gerard Mayo got? Does yeah. he go for that other opportunity? I think Matt Grow's the most logical candidate. I think he should be the next candidate, but you know, if it's next year, that's an easy transition. If it's three years from now, who knows if, if he's going to hang around that long? Well, that's a good point because, uh, like you said, it should be him. He's done a great job, and he's effectively doing the job now. But uh, if there's no wink, wink, nod, nod, he is technically – he's not a general manager. So has it's going to be up to him probably as long as he wants to wait around because Casario ends up leaving for the uh, for the promotion to GM with the, with the Texans. Um, so I could see something similar happening to grow if they don't. Um, have the succession plan in like if Belichick's still here, he's not going to give away the GM title, I don't think. And so, uh, again, if Bro wants to leave prior to that, then that'll be up to him. But should should Belichick leave and they need a GM, I think it's Bro. Yeah. Uh, what are the chances Patriots get a top ten pick next year? I think it's it's low. They're not going to be that too. bad. I think they're going to be pretty good. I do. So last year there were some seven and ten. I, I think the ninth pick was a seven and ten win team. So. Like maybe they get as high as nine if things really don't go well, but I think they're going to be more or less in that range they were last year, that 10 to 15 range. Right. Which, yeah, by the no. way, it's a good quarterback class, but you're not you're not trading up to one from nine. I've seen people be like, well, if they just sneak in the top 10, they can trade up and get Caleb Williams. You look at what the Panthers just did, different class. Different class. Yeah, Caleb no, Williams totally. is not. Caleb Williams would have been the unquestioned number one quarterback in this past class. Remember we went through it was Bryce Young, then it was CJ Stroud, then it was Anthony Richardson. Reddit tried Will to tell Levis. us yeah. it was Will Levis. Yeah, great job listening to Reddit. And then it, it obviously, as it usually does, circle back around to Bryce Young. We would have had none of that conversation had Caleb Williams been in this class. And frankly, I don't think that pick gets traded. I think if Caleb Williams is in this class, Kyler Murray's the one who's getting dealt, not the pick. Yeah. So you're not you're not moving up from nine to one. Uh, in this class. No, I agree. Um, again, no, no, it's it's similar to like, I feel like, it, again, don't cross sports, but like Wembenyama in uh, the NBA, no one's going to trade that pick. It's just going to nah, be. Gonna I don't know that he's quite on that level. I also. Like, I don't Monte, either. But, I think Wembenyama might be bust. Wow. Flip I mean, that. how is he going to meet that. these expect the expectation? No, it, it, so when I say that, like he could be a decent player, but one, the expectations are massive. The last person to meet those expectations was LeBron. Nobody else right. has done it. So what, what does Wembenyama have to do? Like, if he wins two MVPs in one ring, he's a bust. That's a bust right. of a career, the way this kid's being hyped up. The other thing is, 
These guys are like 7'4", 200 pounds. Doesn't generally go great for them. No, I know. You look at, what's his name? The dude from Gonzaga that Oklahoma City drafted last year, Chet Holmgren, right? Broke Holmgren, his foot yeah. like right away. Didn't even yeah. make it to training camp. He's got to put weight on, and that can change the way guys play. So I'm not I'm not totally sold on Wembenyama, but that's another no. point. Point B, I still take him first overall. I wouldn't I wouldn't trade the pick, but it's yeah. just a side well, thought. Point being, it's going to be tough to trade that pick because the, the team who gets yeah. it is just going to take the, the top prospect. Um, Let's see here. What else? I'm watching uh, the comments trickle in on YouTube, but I have no access. I know. I'm, I'm a little behind, but I don't want to miss it. It's any all ones. good. Uh, Kyle Van Noor reunion. Uh, I don't think at this point it would be cool. I like, I like him, but that's McMillan a plays a different position. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. No, I don't see it either. Um, what else do we got? Uh, miles Jack or Rashawn Evans. He interested in either one is miles Jack unsigned. I thought he had, signed. I like miles Jack. Wasn't he with the Steelers? At one point after Jacksonville, he was, he is unsigned. Now he would be an interesting guy to sign. I thought he went back to Pittsburgh. He yeah. can I've, give you some of what Raekwon McMillan can give you. Yeah. No, I like miles Jack. I liked him in college too. He was a versatile guy at U, uh, UCLA. And I mean, you know, Bill Belichick loves those guys. Not, not that they're going to put miles Jack at running back. Like, like, uh, like the Bruins did, but um, no, he's a guy similar plays similarly to like you said, uh, Raekwon McMillan. So he's but he's a guy though too that's constantly injured. So I don't know how much they want to bring in a guy like that after you just had to put McMillan on IR. But no, I like Jack. I don't well, know about I, Rashawn Evans though. What about you? Yeah, Rashawn Evans, and that's a different kind of player. Yeah. I, I'll say this though, you know, I, I've given that whole thing a couple times about well, our Marte Mapu's only good pick if they use him correctly. You know, they're going to let him play linebacker. Yada yada yada. The fact that if they were going to sign a linebacker after Raquan McMillan got hurt, they would have signed a linebacker, right? They wouldn't have signed Anthony Ferkser. They signed yeah, a tight yeah. end instead of a linebacker. Right. That tells me that that maybe that that's where they have Marte Mapu penciled in. So yeah, this there are, might it tells you they're be, okay with the depth, right? Yeah, I, I think we're maybe going in the wrong way with this conversation here, which I, I would argue is a good thing. Yeah, I would agree. Um. So I, I just want to bring this up. If May was the head coach, who's he bringing for his staff? He did say a couple weeks ago that if yeah. he, if and when he gets to run his own show, he'd love to have Dante Hightower on his coaching staff. That'd be sick. Yeah, it would. That'd be good. That would be great. I would enjoy that. And I think that um, I wonder, it, it's going to depend on when the transition actually takes place. Because if Bill O'Brien's still here, I'm sure, I'm sure that there would be a chance that he would still be the OC. Um, but... He'll probably be gone. I, I I feel like the Adrian Clem pipeline makes a lot of sense. But, again, it depends on how they perform this year because if they're not good and Clem's not a good NFL coach, then they could easily clear house on that side of the football again and have to really start from scratch. So, um, no, the, the high tower point's interesting. I think Jamie Collins also said that he's interested in uh, in coaching yeah. too. So, imagine you had Mayo, Collins, and Hightower all coaching defense. That would be pretty cool. Um. Somebody asked Evan and Alex back together. Uh, no, nope, nope. Evan Not here. won't be part of the host rotation because we already uh, we already have a podcast. It's Catch Twenty Two on Patriots.com, so you can check you that go. out there. Yep. Um, but I, I I think you guys will be familiar with some of the people we're bringing through. There is one former CLNS host. I want to try to get back for a show or two. I, I 
we're still working on it but eyeball that's emoji eyeball there. emoji yeah um <laughs> well mike called patriot speed podcast his former show like evan did my former uh, so show. i evan refers to this as the former show when when it comes up on air interesting so you can do that you don't whatever how you can handle that how you want i'll just share i thought it was funny when evan left i thought it would be funny for the first couple shows i kept referring to him as the former host of this <laughs> podcast and people freaked out they thought it was like some sort of like a slight dig and yeah. that there was beef between us and in what he left because i was mad at him or he was mad at me i was just kidding around he thought it was funny I very much stopped doing it because it clearly upset people. But uh, if you want to call it your former show, yeah, feel free to. The former show with my former host that shall not be named. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's it's like the Mike. It's like a Mike and Mike situation. You know that they just they're awesome on air together and they love each other. And the second they turn off the off the cameras, it's like f this, f that. You suck. But no, there's there's that's no anim- there's no animosity there. There's no I. I'll call it Patriot Speed. Uh, I'll be able to call this Patriot Speed uh, during my next game. So, uh, there was also another thing that, and me and Evan were texting about this earlier about someone, uh, he was calling me, he called me intern Mike on the, uh, on the Pats Unfiltered show the other day. Oh yeah. I was getting tweets about that. As if that was some slight. And he was like, no, that's just what he called me because that's what I was for you guys on this show two years ago. I was your intern and I would cut up the clips and I would post the podcast and I would, you know, write up the shows. And so I was in, I was intern Mike and that's, that's what I am, but no longer. I'm now, uh, apparently Evan said he won't call me intern Mike anymore, but no, there was, there was no, there was no harm, no foul there either. All right. Uh, back to Patriots question yeah. here. Is there any chance Millie Cunningham can be a poor man's version of Lamar Jackson? Is that why Bill wanted to sign him? He, as a runner, maybe he's he can't not throw like him. nearly, yeah, he's not nearly as advanced as a passer, and he's older than Lamar was coming out. I, he might be – I don't think he's, like, a year younger than Lamar. Let me look at this. But um, he is – he's only four months younger than Mac Jones. So Lamar's 26. Lamar just turned 26. Cunningham turns 25 in October. So they're, like, almost the same age, even though Cunningham was four years behind him at yeah. Louisville. He needs to develop as a passer if he wants to be a poor man's Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. Like, he's a project player. I, they can do some maybe package stuff with him as a runner right now. But, yeah, he's got a long way to go as a passer. I, I, you know, what do you mean by poor man's version of Lamar Jackson? Do you mean, like, a starting caliber version who could run the same offense isn't quite as good? Or, like, the guys they have in Baltimore who back Lamar up and there's a reason they're backing Lamar up? I think he can be that guy. Yeah. I don't know that he's ever going to be a guy that's like an unquestioned starter, though. No, I would agree. I'm interested to see what they do with him in in a role here, though, because, again, he has an outstanding running skill set and can do more than just have to be a pocket passer. So, like, he can play in the NFL. He he has NFL skills that aren't throwing the football. Yeah. Uh, Anybody else got Patriots question? Everybody's just wondering where you're going or who's next. Tuesday. Turn on my tweet notifications. Tuesday after Memorial Day, you'll find Why out. Why Tuesday? Oh, because Monday's the holiday. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so the place or, you're working next has holidays off. Ooh. Let's do Boston Sports. You want to do Boston Sports Minute? All right, let's go to the Boston Yeah, now Sports that you bring minute. it up. This this is a, a patch together show. We apologize. But again, it's it's Friday, so we'll, we'll get you into your weekend. Well, let's hang on. Let's do, do this Sports real quick. Minute. Let's do this real quick first because you're leaving. Give us your 
official prediction for the Patriots season since we won't hear from you again? I think they will go 11 and six. And then again, that's right now. And I tweeted this out a few weeks ago and I'll retweet it. I, but I tweeted out their schedule with a win, a win and a loss and a win thing next to it. Just, you know, off the cuff where I think they'll be at. Um, I think there's winnable games. I do. I think uh, he, they, not he, sorry. I think they have games that they can win on the schedule. I think that it's, it, it all hinges on Bill O'Brien and the offense because their defense is going to be very, very good. Um, so yeah, my prediction for the season is 11 and six. I think that gets them into the playoffs. Um, but it'll be tight because I think the AFC is really damn good. And my other projection is that the Jets win the AFC East. So if Buffalo and the, and the Patriots make the wild card, that might be the case. I want to bring this one up too. I, I meant to bring this up off the top of the show when we were talking about the, uh, the punishment. Did you see? I didn't hear this. So you didn't see what Devin McCourty tweeted? No. So somebody tweeted a, and I, I wrote about this actually on 985thesports.com. People can go check it out there. Somebody, you know, Devin McCourty, Matthew Slater at the game last night. There were a lot of Patriots there last night. Uh, Bailey Zappi was there. Jalen Mills was there. Miles Bryant was there. But there was, uh, somebody tweeted a picture of Devin McCourty, Matthew Slater sitting next to each other. Uh, when it was up on the video board and McCourty quote tweeted the picture and said, taking advantage of slates, extra days off, LOL. Oh, yeah. so really kind of throwing awesome. shade at the team. Yeah. And look, Bill Belichick, there's a Rodney Harrison story that when he started doing media, Bill Belichick told him, look, if you got to rip me, you got to rip me. That's your job. But Devin McCourty right away in a retirement. That's a dig. That's a pretty good yeah. dig from Devin McCourty. I'm happy to see him do that. Cause if I, I, I think that might have come as a surprise some people down there that he would yeah. say something like I that. I think that, that, uh, didn't Edelman say the same thing about the, the media thing that he was basically yeah. was like, you, yeah, can, I think you so. can dig into me whenever you want. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, it's interesting that Bill understands that because you would think that you could, I could see that both ways with Bill. Either he totally understands it and thinks it's funny, or he would like hold a grudge against you forever if you bring up something bad in the media. So I just, I, good for Devin for tweeting that out. Yeah. All right. I think um, that wraps sorry. it up on the Pat stuff. Uh, yeah. Um, again, I, I, I'm looking at the YouTube. I, I said it three times now. But um, you'll find out on Tuesday where I'm going. Uh, I'll still be reporting on the Patriots. I'll just uh, be able to do so not part-time like I was here. I uh, grabbed a full-time opportunity. And again, I'll get into it next week, but I want to thank you all. And I'll, I'll get into it after our Boston sports minute. Yeah. Um, if I can pull up the back, I got it. I let's, got it. let's see if it works. You got it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there we go. All right. Boston sports minute, the Celtics cowboy up two games in a row. They have now won. They just won game five last night against the heat and they did it in dominant fashion. It's now a three, two series. Uh, it goes back to Miami for a game six, and then I think it comes back to a game seven. Uh, we'll get into all of that. But, Alex, you were at the game last night. Uh, what were the vibes? What do you think? And now that you've seen it in two straight games, the fact that they can win and they're on a winning streak, Joe Missoula is calling timeouts correctly for the most part. There was one questionable one where he called one like with 30 seconds left in the third quarter, and I didn't like that. But besides that, you know, he seems to have a little bit more control of the game. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, still iffy, but, you know, Marcus Smart was our lead scorer. Derek White's back. Uh, they really seem like they have uh, a handle on this series. And, again, now they go down to Miami on a win streak. Um, what do you make of it? And 
we're not going to be able to recap game seven if it happens. So we need right. a final prediction on what happens for the entire rest of the series. Well, no, I'll be here. I'll be able to do it. We're yeah, that's true. The Boston sports minute and the college football minute with true. whoever's next. Um, I'll be in the comments. But, I'll be in the comments. Yeah. I, I, I said this on the last show. That was the chance to flip the momentum. Game five. I think all of the pressure, and I have a column up on this on 985thesportsup.com. Mm-hmm. All of the pressure is now on the heat in the short term. Look, if the Celtics get bounced by an eight seed, they got bounced by an eight seed, and they'll face tremendous, uh, tremendous criticism as they should at the end of the season. But the reality is they've known that. They fell down 3-0. They yeah. should have prepared themselves for that reality. Now, all of a sudden, the Celtics are the underdog and the Heat are in the spotlight. You know, nobody was counting on the Heat. They were a plucky eight seed that, hey, they knocked off the Bucs and they they blew out the Knicks. But this series was about the Celtics. And then it became even more about the Celtics when they fell down 3-0 in this massive collapse. Nobody was talking about the Miami Heat. Right Now, all of a sudden, it's no longer are the Celtics going to get swept out by an eight seed. It's... Is Miami going to be the first team, 152 tries, to blow a 3-0 series lead? I think you maybe saw them crack a little bit last night. Jimmy Butler guarantees a win in game six. I thought that was an interesting move from him. Pressure's on Miami now. And how are they going to handle that? Now, there could be the flip side. The Celtics, in Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum talked about this last night. They said being down 3-0 helped them fr- thrive. J- Jason Tatum said it allowed them to play more free, more relaxed. Well, all right. So they played well when they were doubted. That's great. They're not as doubted anymore. Does the what's become comfort in being down 3-0 become complacency? That's a fair question. Yeah. But all of the pressure now is on Miami. For the first time this series, I think you could argue for the first time in this playoffs, no pressure yeah. on them against the Buck. I don't think there was any pressure on them against the Knicks. I mean, that series as a whole kind of just flew under the radar. Yeah, I don't think I watched a single minute of that one. I watched, would it go six, whatever game six yeah. was. I watched the last game of that series. Yeah. Now the pressure's on them yep. for the first time this playoffs. How do they respond? And they're down their starting point guard, who gave Vincent was a massive loss last night. You would never think you'd be saying Evan, that in the Eastern Conference Finals, that losing Gabe Vincent right. is a massive loss, and that's exactly what it was. So – are you going back to Gabe Vincent on a bad ankle? Are you rushing back uh, Tyler Hero with a broken shooting hand? Do you stay with Kyle Lowry, who looks absolutely gassed? Yeah. <laughs> They're in a tough spot right now. Yeah, they are. They're in a really tough spot, I would argue. Because, again, it's not to take anything away from the Celtics if they lose this series. If they lose it, they should get criticism. But we've known that. That narrative's been there. They already got all that criticism after game three, right? Nobody wanted to wait. Right. Now it's kind of on Miami to finish them off. Because, boy, if you can't win game six at home, we've seen what the Celtics looks like look like in game sevens in TD Garden. We saw what they did to the Sixers. Massive, massive amount of pressure on Miami. This- the Celtics, all right, you lose, you're dead. You already were dead. You were dead four days ago, five days ago after game three. You lose if you're Miami. Oh, boy. Now you have a chance to make history, not in a good way. This feels like game seven for Miami. Yeah. If they if they, if they they go down, I don't see them coming back here and winning at Boston. Um, and that would just make it ridiculously anticlimactic from the uh, from the Celtics' point of view. I was, when I was watching the game last night on TV, it was, uh, there was a stat of what 
you know, it's 150, oh, and 150, is it 150 exactly series or what was it? 151. 151. 151. And oh, so and 151. I saw that three of them have gone to game seven. And that is just such a tease. The fact that a team wins the next three and then ends up losing the game seven. Well, but here's the thing. Of those three, the team that was coming back was the road team in game seven. The Celtics, if uh, they win, okay. would be the first team to go down 3-0 and force a game seven at home. So you're right, it's a tease, but at the end of the day, it was all underdogs losing as they were supposed to. This right. one's a little different. Yeah, that's a fair point. But um, yeah, again, the Celtics are just so clearly the better team. In, and I think, and I think we disagreed on that at the start, but I just think these last two, these last two games, you really see that when they're on, there's no one that can beat them. And uh, I just think, and I hope that that continues on, especially tomorrow night. And uh, again, if they, if they can do this, uh, you know, when, when it started and when they went down three Oh, and the Kevin Millar pictures and the memes and the videos all come out. I mean, at that, once it happens or that was before they even won game four and it felt like such a pipe dream, but everyone was kind of rallying around it. Now it feels very, very real. that That can be the case. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like the game, the game four doesn't, the game four win doesn't make it real. The game four win is congratulations. You absolutely had to play your best game of the year and you did. Right. You know, it's a, you you dug deep and emptied the tank. Well, now that the tank's empty, can you do it again? That's what game five was. That's why that's so significant. Right. So, so what's your prediction? Celtics and seven. Wow. I, I, what I think, and I know I picked Heat and seven on the last show. Yeah. Where Heat I may six. have over, where, yeah, where I may have overcalculated was, and I, I've obviously talked a lot about my respect for Jimmy Butler and not just his mm-hmm. talent level, but the way he plays the game. But what's done the Heat in the last couple of years, it did him in last year in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Celtics. It did him in, in 2020 in the Bubbles final against the Lakers. Jimmy Butler does so much and he plays so hard and it's awesome, but he gets gassed. He gets gassed. The Heat struggle to finish long series or long playoff runs because they do play with such immense energy for 48 minutes every single game that it's tough to sustain. And Jimmy Butler looked a little gassed last night. Yeah. He did. Max Struess looked a little gassed last night. Bim Adebayo got it going in the second half, but in the first half, he was, you know, short arming a lot of shots. Yeah, Dude, what it took the Heat to win those first three games, I think, is maybe starting to catch up to them. Yeah, I would agree. Um, so it's exciting. It's good. There's uh, things are happening in Boston. So it's uh, it they didn't they didn't go out uh, completely floundering. So I guess that's that's a plus. It's going to obviously be disappointing yeah. if they don't do so, but um, they made it interesting. That's all that matters. So uh, with that being said, um, I think that's going to do it here for us on Patriots Beat. Um, I do want to quickly say uh, before I finish this thing off, and I can't seem to find it on here, but uh, we are powered by FanDuel. Uh, here we go. FanDuel, uh, it's America's number one sports book, and uh, you can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash Boston, so make sure you do so. That's my parting wish for you is to go to FanDuel.com slash Boston and get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Put it on the Celtics if you want. Uh do whatever you want with it, but again, $100,000, uh, up to $1,000 bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win at FanDuel.com slash Boston. So um, that is that for us. Uh, Alex, I want to say thank you. You've been a great co-host, great mentor. I know I tweeted it, but uh, I mean it. It's been awesome. This has been really cool. 
again, the fact that, uh, you know, two years ago I was interning for you guys and, you know, doing all the back end stuff and the fact that I was able to, you know, host the show for as long as I did and, uh, really, you know, build up a following and, you know, put myself, you know, under the next step of my career, a lot of it's on you. So I appreciate it. Um, it's been real. It's been awesome. And, uh, Alex will be back next week to talk more Patriots OTAs. I unfortunately will not be on the show anymore, uh, as you all know now, but um, I will still be covering the team in a capacity. So um, I will also be covering OTAs and I will be, uh, you know, writing podcasts and talking about it in some form uh, starting next week. So follow along on Twitter at Mike Cadlick. Uh, I want to thank you all for listening all the time as well, because, you know, the fact that you guys listen and, you know, keep this show going is also another reason why I'm able to, you know, continue on in this career. So uh, that's my send off. I appreciate it. Um, follow Alex on Twitter, Alex Barth. Real, read all of his stuff as well. Alex, do you have anything else before we sign off? Um, I'd like to thank you, you know, for keeping this thing going. Um, of course. I, I'm, I say this all the time. I'm super proud of what the show has become and really going back to me and Evan's Celtics coverage when we started in 2018. I don't know how many Celtics fans were aware of it, but did I just say our Celtics coverage, our Patriots coverage going back to me and Evan's Patriots coverage in 2018. I don't know how many Patriots fans were aware of CLNS. I know Celtics fans were, but um, you know, I'd like to think that, that we kind of built this into a place that, that Patriots fans can go to get coverage, right. a certain kind of coverage. You're not going to get anywhere else. And obviously Evan leaving, you know, you risk that, kind of going away. And and again, I'm proud of, of what we built here. And I mean, not just me and Evan, you know, everybody else behind the scenes at CLNS and, and John Zanis and Amit and Guy and, and all of them, uh, Nick Gelso, right. obviously, but um, you know, it, I, it was kind of teetering a little bit, at least this podcast was, I'm not going to speak to the overall Patriots content, but this podcast was teetering a little bit. And I feel like you were able to kind of come in and get the tone of the show right away and figure it out and get us back on track. So um, I appreciate you for taking the show seriously and for putting in the work that, that comes along with the role, because I know it, it can be a little demanding at times and people don't see how the show's done behind the scenes. Mike does 99% of the behind the scenes work on the show. Uh, really? No, it's basically no, my right. extent is basically picking the time of the show when Mike <laughs> texts me to remind me, I need to pick the time of the show. So um, you know, I'd like to thank you for taking the show seriously and professionally and all that, and obviously having fun with it too, but, um, you know, keeping it going, it, you had massive shoes to fill. Don't tell Evan I said that, but yeah. <laughs> nobody's yeah, Evan Evan listening black his ears. Yeah. yeah. You had massive shoes to fill and, and, and I would say you did them, them admirably. So certainly a, uh, 2021 Mac Jones esque performance from you and you're getting out before we get to the 2022 one. So yeah. good job. Yeah, and, uh, congratulations to you on, on a, uh, a well-learned uh, new gig. Thank you, Alex. I, uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate the kind words. Um, it's been awesome. It's been fun and it's helped me as well. So it's been a blast. Uh, I appreciate you guys all following along and uh, that is that. So uh, Alex, we'll see you next week. You guys will see me uh, on Twitter and, and around the Patriots as well. But uh, until next time, thank you all so much. And uh, see you soon.